Hello, everybody. Long time no see. The Healing Circle podcast is back from our hiatus. Yay. So the Healing Circle podcast um, has a new name. It's the Healing Circle podcast with Kyle and Kobe. Y'all, I decided to um, Kyle say hey. I'm very embarrassed that he just did that. Turn up. Um, I decided to make Kyle my uh, my permanent co-host. So um, it's been a new season for me individually, for him, for us as a couple. For um, Levi. For our son. Come He's on. now in the hitting and falling out stage. And but tripping. Um, yeah, we... The Healing Circle has new vision, and I've been trying to be intentional about trying to figure out where um, the Lord has been leading us. Like, okay, God, what's the vision that you have for this? And it got to a point where I realized all of my episodes, I've definitely gone through twice. Because there were episodes that were not recorded that I just sat and had with Kyle. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go record this. Um but Kyle's awesome. He is a young black man working in corporate America. Who's, I'm putting up a fist right now. Y'all can't see it, though. He, yeah, he is. Um, he's tried out therapy. He has a value for mental health. But I think that we just have some really rich conversation. And there's something real special about people who marry people who become therapists. I think y'all y'all got a little crazy in you. Um, so, yeah, this is this is it now. The Healing Circle is now the Healing Circle podcast with Kyle and Kobe. We're a duo. Yeah, we are. Like us, the duo. Have you heard yeah. of them before? Yeah, yeah. I love, yeah. they have that song. I don't remember what it's called. Anyways, um, also a part of our new vision is our new location. So we are no longer in Wilmington, and we'll get into that a little bit more a little later. We are now based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. Charlotte. Yes, Charlotte comma lit or the little fire emoji yeah fire emoji yeah char fire emoji um and we're so excited god's been good god's been exciting um and it's been awesome to have kyle because um what episode was it the episode we did navigating the desert that is my most downloaded and most listened to episode um it's my sultry voice (laughs) <laughs> that's not even what you sound like it could be um but yeah i think that i think that this is gonna be good and i'm excited for you guys um sticking around being patient with me and and um allowing me the time to one take care of my family and take care of myself to practice what i preach even if it doesn't fit all the the um entrepreneurial guidelines but also allowing me to make sure that if i'm putting out something that i'm putting out something that has vision and something that I value. So we are going to start out by getting Kyle to share a little bit about himself. I feel like you guys know about Kyle very minimally, but I would love for you guys to hear from the horse's mouth what he does, what he loves, and who he is. Um, well, thank you for that uh, that wonderful introduction. Um, okay. So what about me? I um, So we moved to Charlotte because I got a job. Um my last job, I, w- I won't disparage anything about it because my last job taught me that people and places do not have to be good to you in order for them to be good for you. Mm. So that's what I'll say about yeah. where I was. It was good for me. It was not always good to me, but I um, I got a lot of value out of it. Uh, but the Lord, 
I, and I say the Lord not because I'm doing that Christian thing that Christians do and make everything You're like, too Christian, shut up. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, people be like, oh, man, I, I found a penny on the ground, and I just knew it was Look the at Lord God, telling me, hallelujah, you know, that, that he was going to provide that one penny. It's yes. like, okay, maybe that was the Lord, but also people people, <laughs> people drop, drop pennies. 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 But, you know. <laughs> it's possible. So, and it's like, I got a job. Um, how did that happen? I say it's the Lord because uh, a woman prophesied over me. Yes. And almost Shout a year out to ago Mike's now. mom. Yeah, Mike's mom. Um, that's all you need to know. You'll know when you meet her. Yeah, um, she don't play. The spirit will bear witness. And um, she prophesied over me very clear, very explicit things about how I was about to get a new job, that my pay was going to double. Amen. That it was going to be, it would happen so fast that it would make my head spin. That we need to start looking for a new house, l- looking for furniture, looking for the place we wanted to be. Um, and um, all that happened. I took a trip and, Quickly, and just... Um, swiftly. Yeah. I, I mean, expeditiously, as they would say. And I was not looking. Uh, the job came my way. All the resources, all the things that they did came my way. So now uh, what I do is um, I'm vice president of mergers and acquisitions. What does that really mean? I At an investment advisory firm. At an investment advisory firm yeah. for investment advisors. So wealth managers, people who manage rich people's money, when they want to buy another person's business who also manages rich people's money, <laughs> I help them figure out how to do that from kind of the beginning to the end. So that's kind of my thing. I, I am. I guess I'm a helper, yeah. um, which is a cool role for me because the world doesn't always value people that are helpers. But I've never really wanted to be the man leading from the front. I've always wanted to be the person by the leader's side. I've always wanted to be number two, mm. and that that's kind of felt like shameful coming from a bunch of people who are like. You got to run your own thing and do your own thing. And I may do that. If you work in a nine to five, you, you live in a life of slavery. Yeah. It's like, no, I I enjoy what I do. Yeah. And I enjoy the ability to help other people's dreams come true. And it it's it's pretty good. So it's a great opportunity for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would like for you to share two facts about you that you think are interesting and that our listeners should know. Um, hmm, interesting. Gosh, I don't think I'm that interesting. Kyle uh-huh. can read up to 10 books in a week. Okay, yeah, I I guess that is interesting when you say it out loud. Okay, yeah. that. He um, reads very quickly. He, like, when I try to show him memes, um, sometimes I'll be like, you didn't even read that. And he's like spitting it back to me word for word and I'm like how I literally like my wrist wasn't even done flicking how did you read that all but he reads a lot I read a lot um and that means that I I don't know I don't know if that means I think any deeper about things but I do I tend to have a lot of context for what I do think about so that that helps and another interesting fact about me is I love uh, my twin brother. Oh. It's kind of weird. They're besties. But that's my that's my my best friend. Um and most a lot of twins don't really like each other. But I think it's interesting because I don't know, I'm a twin and that informs my context. I've never been alone in my entire life. You know, I thought I was thinking about that the other day about how like, you know, I hear kids talk about 
growing up in like bigger families and how like kind of lonely it was it's almost being like not being seen in a crowded room and I just never really got that experience I always had a person you know do a my twin sister was always my person so yeah, yeah right there are, there are people and situations that I can understand but I really cannot empathize with directly because I truly don't know what it's like to have someone break up with you and you feel like there's no one in the world that loves you. Mm. I've always had a person that I knew would always love me. That's never been a fear. The idea of not being loved has never been a thing for me. Mm. I've always had that. So I think that's interesting because it informs the way I think about everything. Like truly. It is a a privilege. privilege. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So today we wanted to um, jump into one of the three things that we really want to focus on in this podcast. In this podcast, we want to talk about um, mental health. We want to talk about our walk with faith. And we also want to talk about relationships, but not just like, oh, we're married and we're going to tell you about how our perfect marriage goes. (laughs) (laughs) Look, if y'all knew that there were moments where we'd be scrapping like Cats and dogs. Fighting earlier today. Right. Um, (laughs) I was not expecting you to say that. Um, But uh, we want to kind of jump into talking about our walks with the Lord. Um, One thing that I love about my marriage with Kyle is that we can spend hours talking about um, our individual relationships with God. And that's something I value is um, whether... Kyle, you know, falls by the wayside or, or not. I have a relationship with God and, and same if, if I'm in a funky season, he, he has that stability with the Lord. But, you know, this process, he kind of gave you the condensed version of how we ended up in Charlotte. Um, but this process has been like truly miraculous. You know, it started last August. I don't even know what it was last August, but something literally was stirring in me. And I was like, next August is going to be our last August in Wilmington because I can't do it anymore. I remember you saying that and me rolling. I and rolled he, my eyes. Yeah. And he was just like, where are we going to go? You know, like. With what, what we, money? We, With what job? I was about to say that. I was like, oh, I don't want to shade him. Yeah. He was like, well, what money? You know, where are we going to go? Um, and I was like, I don't know. But I just know that, like, this is it. I know that next year is going to be it. And, um. Wilmington to some people is is a beautiful, powerful, awesome place. Um, But in many ways, Wilmington, uh, for people of color, is really toxic. There is a lot of veiled racism, a lot of um, implicit bias, a lot of systematic oppression. Um, And I can say that with honestly, you know, I can say that with a clear conscience that that is just a fact, not an opinion. Um, And so it, it was a place that was really hard for us and to be honest, for years, for about three years now, I was like, I got to get out of here. We cannot do this. I cried. I was like, Jesus, please set us free. But I say it's miraculous because there's so many people who are trying to leave situations. Um, and God's like, no, you, if you leave this, you're going to be running away from something. Right. Mm. And if something can chase you out of one place, it can chase you out of any place. Come on. Right. All it needs to do is make sure that it has and knows exactly what scares you. And so it kind of felt like this references um, our last episode together, which was um, navigating the desert. If you haven't listened to it, please go listen to it. It's some good stuff. Um, It was God saying to us, hey, you have to learn what I need you to learn. Like, you have to receive what I have for you in this desert because the Israelites weren't in the desert for 40 years because they were lost. They were in the desert for 40 years because there was something they needed to learn about God. 
Um, and for us, that's what it was. And, and I can really say that I'm very proud of us and that I feel like we were faithful in the hardest and loneliness of seasons, loneliest individually and also loneliest as a couple. You know, there weren't a lot of um, young black couples of faith who were young professionals in Wilmington and it was it was hard um but it was awesome because I feel like we we left um conquering whatever was there yeah for sure we we didn't get run out um by any stretch of the imagination and you know I remember man sometime right around August of last year talking to you and us like getting together I don't even remember how it happened but we decided that we that God was not gonna have to teach us the same lesson again no nope. then for the next year in a yeah. row yeah yeah like, you know uh, we've been doing this five years God teaching us variations of the same thing <laughs> we are too grown to not get it yeah like it's time to put away childish things yeah. and Levi really helped for that like yeah. it was when levi was born our son who's 18 months now but when he was born um levi helped explode my relationship with the lord because it was not until i viewed him as a child that i realized how immature i was as a i man. know you're like wow he's on the floor screaming because he's not getting what he wants that uh looks a little bit like me in the spirit yeah <laughs> i remember um you know trying to change him and he starts kicking and screaming like going crazy and i said to him levi I'm not trying to kill you. I'm just trying to change you. And I felt the Holy Spirit like side-eye me like, oh, (laughs) is that what you're doing? (laughs) You're just changing him? You're just trying to get him to, you know, to take off this childish thing that's filled with filth? Yeah. You know, you're trying to make him clean? clean. Mm. Mm -mm. And it's just like, man, I kept seeing in my son who was six months, like, dude, oh, wow. I'm six months old in the spirit. And yeah. a lot of people think I'm grown, but I'm clearly not. If yeah. I were grown, I would not look so much like a child. Yeah. And it just clicked for us. We were like, you know what? Yeah. We've got to step out on faith. Yep. We've got to be consistent. Yep. Um, with our relationships. We've just got to mature and grow up. We're not going to go through another year running in circles in the desert and trying to learn the same l- lesson. Collapsing at the altar at church like, Jesus, I surrender. I'm going to do it this time. Only to, you know, turn back around and be like, maybe my way's better, God. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and I, I, I'm i just glad that we both see that. You know? Because I think sometimes as Christian, it's, it, people so often focus on like, well, what are you not giving to God? What are you not doing right? And it, it's it's so freeing and, and gives me so much joy to be able to say like, it was so hard, but I was faithful. It was yeah. so hard, but like... Starting the healing circle was such a vulnerable thing for me. You know, like, I didn't know any other podcasters of color in Wilmington. I did, Like, I really was doing this because God put it on my heart and, and opening my own practice. Yeah. You know, like... That was crazy because I was not behind it. He, Yeah, yeah. I mean, eventually I got in line and just said, you know what, I'm going to trust you. Yeah. And trust the Lord, but yeah. I don't trust what I can see at all. Yeah. And I'm not going to pretend I, I trust what Yeah, I and see. trusting what you can see is not faith. Yeah, yeah, I guess. You know, <laughs> that whole faith thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, so we, we've we been talking and just kind of remembering, like, the desert season for us, how it's been so, it, rather it was so difficult. Um, 
and you hear a lot about the wilderness, what God's doing in the wilderness, what God's teaching you, what he's bringing out of you, what he's showing you, what he's revealing to you. And all of that is awesome and beautiful and holy. Um, but on the other end, I think there's very, I have found rather very little resource about what it looks like to walk into the promise faithfully and to allow the promise to stay a good promise, you know, um, because for us, it was like, you know, Kyle brought up something earlier. He he was talking about how when he was reading through Exodus, he was like, man, it was such a change for the Israelites, you know, babe? But remember when you're talking about? Yeah, I was I was talking about like, if you look at the timeline, um, I mean, they, you know, scholars would believe that maybe the longest plague took about two weeks. Um, so even if you make all of them, um, two weeks, I mean, it was, you know, less than six months that it took Moses to free the people of Israel. Mm. So six months to, to break your chains off, but like 40 years to be made free, Mm. 40 years to like change the way you think, to change the way you act, to, to not respond out of fear, but to respond out of hope. Yeah. Like, and seeing that reflected in our own lives of like, man, I became a Christian and from, like, I was literally enslaved. I remember being suicidal, all that stuff, like, all the worst things you could think. And then seemingly overnight, in such a short period of time, I encountered the love of Jesus. And my chains were broken off. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. And that was, like, eight years ago. Yeah. And for the last eight years, I've just been struggling, trying to be free like mm. to live free to yeah to not still be a slave to not view god as just a better master yeah but truly as something wholly different um and yeah, we, yeah once again we look backwards two thousand years to to see what's very clear to us if we just looked in the present and that's that's what i was seeing like man yeah it's taking so long for me to get to get freedom down inside of me. Mm, and that is such a, I feel like that's such a great analogy when people ask why therapy is necessary, especially for Christians. Yep. That is a perfect analogy. Like for the Israelites, getting free did not take that much time. Learning how to live free, that was a process, right? And so for Literally even, the work of a generation. Yes. Only one person made it. Only one person yeah. could do it. One out of almost what they say, you know, maybe 1.8 million yeah it's a lot of people yeah it's hard it is it is and and so for the people who um have questions about faith mental health hopefully you know this podcast will be a place where um you can get a little more resource and understanding of that but like that is such a good analogy like yeah getting to know the lord yeah that can happen in a moment but learning how to live as if what the lord said is true like you, it took an entire lifetime for you to build up those patterns. It's going to take an entire um, lifetime for you to learn how to undo that. And yeah. that's why there's no destination. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's why there's no, that's why it's, it's just a continuous journey. And um, it's only slaves that believe freedom is easy. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, yeah. once you, those of you that maybe have, have experienced that in your own life and you've been made free uh, by the love of Jesus, you you can probably recognize like, oh, back when like I first became free, like when I first became a Christian, I thought this whole Christian lifestyle was so 
simple Basic. and clear and easy. Yeah. Just love God and move forward. Yeah. Just and love then, God, love people, and like everything will be okay. Everything will be fine. <laughs> Just trust God. Duh. Yeah. 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 And it's 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 not that easy yeah it it may be simple i don't know it doesn't even feel simple very often but god it's hard it is hard it is hard and um the walking into the promise for the israelites was a process right so um hopefully in another episode we'll talk about how to figure out what the promise is for you and all that stuff but for each person there is a thing that you are working towards a thing that you are going towards even if you're not a believer there's there's a thing that you want there's a thing you feel in the depth of your heart that you are meant to attain um and that thing when you go from the desert to like the promised land emotionally figuratively psychologically professionally there's literally two different environments Mm mm-hmm you know what I mean? Like they 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 were out of the desert. <laughs> They're two different environments, and I think that um, when we are so fixated on what the promise is, which is a good thing, um, sometimes we miss like that. It's gonna be some rugged terrain between the desert and the promised land, you know? Mm. Um, because to be honest, it was it, it was a really hard process for us. You know, like, even though it was miraculous, there was, like, this this chunk of time that was just, like, felt like the world was going to collapse. Yeah, yeah. We were stuck between two promises. Yeah. You know, there's, like, the promise that God makes, like, hey, I'm going to make you free. And then also, after you're free, I'm going to bring you into the promised land. And there's this whole middle point, And... Yeah. And, you know, and we just... You can wallow there, kind of trying to figure out, okay, God, I know what you said. I also believe what you said. Genuinely yeah. believe what you've promised me. I've seen some evidence in that. And yet everything you've, you've spoken has not really come to not come yet. The, the way that, you know, the way that I'm, I expected to see it. And yes. You know, then you start to question whether God ever promised anything at all. Oh, my God. Know, and that's the stuff. enemy's plan, yeah. right? Like, right before you get to the promise, he wants you to think, like, oh, well, maybe the promise isn't going to happen at mm-hmm. all, right? Like, the enemy's plan is to distract us. And, like, what is the greatest, greatest way to distract any person with pain? Yeah. You know, the, the same thing that started it all in Adam and Eve, that phrase that the snake whispers to, to Eve of, like, did God really say? Mm. That phrase... I'm going to have a shirt be- that said, yes, God did really say, yeah. <laughs> you know? You know, that phrase, like, it worked in the beginning, and, and it, it works, works now. It still works, you it, know? It's because bomb that's, strategy. That's the fear that creeps into my mind late at night. Even now, when I'm still, I'm in the beginning of this kind of new... It's not even necessarily a new career, but I mean, I'm an executive at 26. Yeah. I'm the youngest executive by 15, 16 years. I'm the only black executive. I'm one of very few black people that even work there. I'm one of very, very few black people that even work in my industry. And I I find myself, you know, late at night, sometimes still wondering, like, okay, like, I got here, but did God really say he was going to do all, all the this? other like, stuff attached to it? We're yeah. Gonna all come the to? things that are supposed to come yeah. next. Did God yeah. really say? Yeah. Yeah. And we found ourselves in a really hard season. So, um, between May and July was probably 
May and beginning of August really was was probably one of the hardest times of our lives. Um, And if we didn't know what the promise was, if I didn't have confirmation and you didn't have confirmation individually, I feel like it could have, I feel like we could have walked away, mm-hmm. right? Like if we weren't there to remind each other, no, God did say, no, God did say, and remember when this person said this, and remember when we got confirmation in this way, um, if we did not get that, we we could have forfeited what God had for us um, and the freedom that he was giving us um, and the freedom that he was giving us to move here. So um, in early May... Um, I unfortunately found out that we had lost a pregnancy the same time that I found out I was pregnant. Um, so I won't share all the graphic details, but um, it was a really hard situation. You know, we yeah. we weren't expecting to be pregnant. We weren't expecting a child. We um, no. You know, we weren't. We just. It was so unexpected, and to um, to lose a child in the middle of me um kind of like on this on this career high you know in Wilmington everything's going well everything's going great and just kind of felt like this bomb right and and I felt like um it was this moment where the enemy wanted me to um it kind of felt like the like the last level like where you play Bowser, you know, like you get up the castle and then Bowser's there and like you can lose to Bowser and have to go all the way back down and start over again. Or you can just fight him like heck and get, you know, conquer the the level and and have access to the entire kingdom. And that's what it it felt like spiritually. It was, it was a low point um, for me emotionally, for Kyle emotionally, you know, um, there, a lot of people don't think about the fact that just because you've had a child doesn't mean you can't lose a child. Um, yeah. You know, like the idea of miscarriage, I think for some people, and they don't mean to, it's very specific to um, women who do not have children already. Right. And yeah. it was hard. It was hard for us to process individually, emotionally. Kyle was traveling for work. Um, we thought papers were going to be signed by them, but they hadn't been signed, but, but, and then they tried to move your start date out to January and it kind of felt like everything, all the things it was, it was our, you know, it was our day two, right? Like Jesus is on the cross day one, he dies day one, day two, all the promises, all the things that Jesus said throughout his whole ministry, they look like a lie. Yeah. Everything he said looks like like it's this point where it's like, okay, he's he's dead. Yeah. It's done. Yeah. Everything he was he was leading us on, everything he said, there's no way this can yeah, happen. The hype was for nothing. Yeah. yeah. Like we I gave up my life to follow this man and he's gone and mm. nothing will ever be okay again. Yeah. Because I put my hope in him and he couldn't survive what the world had for him. Yeah. Boom. And it's like day two. And day two can sometimes feel like it lasts a decade. Yeah. Sometimes it does last a decade. But yep. then day three comes. Mm-hmm. And on day three, you you look back at the person on day two and you're like, man, why didn't you trust? Why didn't you believe? Why didn't you just believe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can look back on day two sometimes, even with like, like, there are lots of ways that I'm still making space for my morning. I don't, I don't know if you ever get over a loss like that, yeah. you know? 
Um, but for me, I'm able to look back at, at like, um, you know, a couple months back and when it really happened and I was able to hold on to God's promise, right? There's like a, to me, there's a big P promise, which is like who God says I am, what he says my purpose is in this earth, what he says will overcome me, which is nothing, you know? Um, and then there's a small P purpose, which is like the things that I am going to do because God says who I am, who I say I am. Right. Um, and God had spoken to us in many ways that we were leaving. Um, we didn't always know it was Charlotte, but, um, it was a hard season. And I think that sometimes people get so caught up in the idea that, um, a good thing has to come the perfect way for it to be from God. It needs to be smooth. It needs to be easy. There needs to be no turbulence, no hiccups. Because, like, you ever notice when when you're right before you're in a place where you're going to get something that you want, that's when you get real superstitious. Mm -hmm. You're like, it's a sign. (laughs) Everything's a sign. Yeah, everything's a sign. And it's like, no, sometimes, like, sometimes attaining the process, the promise, is a difficult process. Sometimes it's really difficult. Sometimes it takes you a little bit to adjust. Sometimes you're still figuring out how to be free. Sometimes you're learning how to drop those desert tendencies so you can live in a land that is overflowing with milk and honey. Um, And it takes time. And I think we've been learning how to walk in that grace, um, but also to walk in that responsibility because the promise comes with responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, there is no such thing as a promise without without that responsibility. Mm. Um, and honestly, I mean, if you think about it, if you if you were to have children, there's not very many promises you offer them that don't come with some level of responsibility, mainly because you offer promises and you, you provide those to your children when you feel like they're, they've gained some level of maturity. Like mm. there's something, there's a reason you didn't give it all to them when they were a baby. Um, some things like, okay, so you know what? You've been doing X, Y, and Z so great. Like, you keep it up, we're going to do this. Yeah. And it's like that, you know, they they do X, and they've reached a level of maturity. Yeah. And a good father's like, you know what? Boom. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, But it's like, if after you've, you've met that promise, if you go back to what you were, then, you know, then you've, you've gone backwards, right? Yeah. Like, so yeah. there is an expectation that, the next step is going to come with with a burden not to to rehearse the history you know yeah. not to go backwards not to mm-hmm. still think as a child and act as a child yeah and that i feel like that responsibility that you talk you know you called it a burden but i think that that responsibility is meant to make sure that the promise stays a gift and not a burden Right. Because yeah. the promise is always meant to be a gift. Every promise that God gives us is meant to be a gift. Everything, every vision we have in our hearts and our mind, everything that we are longing for, um, you know, in the corners of our hearts and when no one sees mm-hmm. um, that is good and a reflection of God's will. All of those things are meant to be gifts, not just to the world, but to us. You know, yeah, it's not always about us, but that doesn't mean it doesn't include us. Like our purpose may be about other people, but it's still meant to bless us as well. Um, And I think that when we, as children, lose that, lose that responsibility, like lose what it means to maintain a responsible position 
that's when it becomes a burden. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's this reality, you know, like people talk, we were talking about the other day, um, you know, Kabay and I have been very favored. We're favored individuals. Yeah. God shows us a lot of favor. Favor. The world shows us a lot of favor. And it's because you're cute. Thanks. But you know what? I appreciate that. You're welcome, babe. Yeah. She <laughs> she said it's because I'm cute. They heard. I don't, you know, <laughs> they heard. Uh, um, but we were talking about it and just, you know, recognizing like, okay, yeah, you may have favor. Like, God may call you favorite. There may be people that like you. You may have a charisma. You may have an insight. You may have a talent or a gift. And at the end of the day, like, there's a level of maturity that has to come along for that to be manifest in the real world. Like, if yeah. you look at Noah, like, preparation makes room for favor. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, if you look at Noah, like, Noah heard from God. Um, it was very clear what was going to happen. Noah told everyone else what he heard from God. Like, that's favor. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But then he spent a year building a boat, being ridiculed by everyone else around him, that it was never going to rain, making preparations. Yeah. And then that boat that he built, that preparation, that was the vehicle, literally, that helped him to get to the next level. Like, yeah. that was the vehicle, that favor, Yeah. you know, <laughs> that, that came on his life. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's like, if he never did that, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, God could have said it in the beginning and, and God could have spoken to him about it. But if he never got his hands to work, if he never prepared for what God was going to do, then the rains would have come and he would have drowned just like everyone else. Yeah. How do you feel like you're preparing for what God's doing in you specifically in this move? Like, whether it comes to work or a relationship, but I would love for it to be specifically for you and what would you say to someone else who is about to walk into a season where all the things that they prayed for are starting to really come to fruition so um what am i doing specifically to kind of prepare uh to make this promise something that's good for me and not something that turns into um a weight uh brings me backwards i'm i'm honing in on my consistency yeah like Everyone wants to be consistent, all that stuff. But I recognize for me, small things always lead to big things. There are no areas in my life that do not intersect. Now, part of that is because you brainwashed me with all your therapeutic mumbo jumbo. And now I'm starting <laughs> to believe it, right? I but can't part of it is a reality that, like, if you'll love this, if I don't put the toilet seat down, that that trains my mind to think that there are times when I can be inconsistent and it doesn't matter. Mm. And that not putting the toilet seat down turns into matters. not working out. What? It matters. Oh, uh, well, matters. Yeah, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> not a big deal, the whole toilet seat thing. Um, all my men understand, really not that big of a deal, but for your sake, yes. Um, if for no other here. reason okay. than I love you, I will continue to do it. Thank but you. that small thing... Like, that transitions over into, okay, well, maybe it's okay to, like, not get up this morning and go do what I need to do. And then it turns into, okay, well, I'll spend time with the Lord tomorrow. Like, and then Mm, spending time with the Lord tomorrow turns into, like, okay, well, I prayed, like, you know, I I spent some time a few days ago, like, I'm really busy, like, (laughs) 
let me make this other thing take priority and then all of a sudden it's been a month two months and the thing that you were you were begging god to do for years you have not even thanked him for after Ooh. he's done it wow you know yeah. and so yeah i saw that in me where like okay god gave me things literally i was praying for three years ago i have them right now and i didn't even say thank you like i was mm. so preoccupied with what he was giving me and how i was going to make it all work and, and how you it. were going to receive it yeah. not even that that you were going to receive it how you were going to receive it like it just turned into this thing where it's like oh man how quickly i turned this into a me thing like how quickly i was about to lose lose what god was trying to give me like immaturity mm. Yeah. Lose what the lessons that I learned painstakingly. Yeah. And so, like, y'all ain't going to like to hear, I get up at 445 every morning. Yeah, he does. Every morning. Now, Saturday and Sunday. But Saturdays, babe, I get up at 630. He's, like, spending time with the Lord. I spend time with the Lord. I go back to Then sleep. I go to the gym. Yeah. I come, you know, I, I change Levi. I go to the gym. I come back. I'm at work 30 minutes earlier than I'm supposed to be. And that's a small thing, but it's like, you know what? Hmm. some things like when you're in when you're immature god can make some things um suggestions like yeah. there's there are clear like suggestions this would be good for you this would be a wise thing for you to do but then there comes to a point after you get a promise where god starts making demands Woof. imperatives Woof. not a you word. ought to do this not a you should word. do this yeah but you need to do this you have to do this and if you don't you will not it's survive this new land. <laughs> and so that's that's what I'm dealing with now. You're like, coming from my life. No, yeah. And it today was a whole situation, okay? So um, I woke up this morning. I'm supposed to wake up at 6 to spend time with the Lord. My day looks a little differently than Kyle's. And I've just been struggling either, you know, we're in an apartment now. And so I'm hearing people outside. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing that. Excuses. That's what I'm giving you right now. Excuses. So I didn't get good sleep. I'll just sleep in an extra 10 minutes. And then it ends up being, oh my gosh, I slept in a whole extra hour. It's seven o'clock and, and I'm panicking. But this morning I was thinking about, so my retreat is in a couple of weeks. I'm really excited about it. Um, I was thinking about my retreat and I was like, okay, I need to start like making these, these gift bags for when everyone first gets there, the welcome bags. And I started thinking about all the details I needed to align. And I had a choice between working on my retreat or spending time with the Lord. My, um, I almost said my dumb self, but I'm not done. Trifling. My, my trifling self decided, you know what, let me just run to Target. But then Target was beside Marshalls. And Marshalls was beside TJ Maxx. Oh, and no, but seriously though. Are and, we gonna be able to pay next month's rent? Hopefully. Um and it I I felt like my mood, I felt everything inside of me just like just irritable. Have you ever just felt irritable like your body's just buzzing with like just annoyance and I get home and as I'm driving home, I'm like, Jesus, please forgive me for thinking that I could do today without you, right? Because that's what it came down to. It came down to, I thought I could do a part of this day without Jesus. So I'm going to do part of my day and then I'll come back to you and we can, we can figure something out, Lord. But like, I think there's a part of my day I can do without you. And so I don't need you at the beginning of the day. I need you when it's most convenient for me. 
and how wrong I was. And I came home and like immediately started praying and worshiping and declaring his promises over me because it just like, my mood was just so off. Mm. Um, and it, it felt like a, like a, a micro, um, lens into the Lord saying like, don't do that with this promise I've given you. Yeah. Don't think that there's any part of this that you can do without me. You only survived the desert because of me, right? The only survived, you only had food because I gave it to you. You only had direction because I was a cloud going before you, um, leading your way. You only were protected because I was your rear guard. You only survived because I was there with you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And now... I'm in this promise and I'm like, oh, well, you know, I got a little bit of strength. I got a little something, something. I survived the desert. I got it. Everything I did. Right. And God's like, no, you you can't do any of this without me. You can't do any of this. Um, And when you said like God starts to make demands, I think God starts to make demands in congruence with the trust he's built with us. Yeah. Right. God, oh my gosh, I'm praying for this. I'm longing for this. And then he gives it to us. And now we have no reason to say we, we're scared to believe. Left without excuses. There's literally no reason yeah. to say, God, I'm afraid you're not going to show up for me because he showed up. Yeah. You know, and so he's like, okay, so now that you trust me, um, I need you. I'm, I'm going to take my hand off the wheel a little bit. I need you to get in the driver's seat and drive, but you have to listen to me. Yeah. Right. I'm giving you the ability to control how this goes, but I'm going to direct you. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I think that um, for me, when I think about my promise, the promise for me and for anybody, what I'm doing to kind of make sure the promise is not a burden is making sure I'm putting God first, as weird as that is. Um, to be honest, I think that I often feel there's like this uh psychosocial emotional loneliness of feeling like I'm the too Christian-y friend mm-hmm. um, and so and then also I'm a therapist so I feel like I I, I don't do small talk surface yeah. talk you with... see things other people don't see yeah what I'm like what's your relationship with your parents <laughs> I don't mean to but it, it's just it's it's she be like, did you notice, you know, that person was fidgeting whenever they mentioned X, Y, and Z? I'm like, no, I didn't notice because I'm normal. Yeah. Well, you know, what I do is not um, what I do because I was taught to do it. It's the best place for my natural gifts to yeah, flourish. Yeah, she's been doing that since I met her. That's why I couldn't stand her when we was not dating. But now you love me. Yeah, well. Um, but yeah, so I think that I'm just trying to... One, make sure I put God first, but also be authentic about where I am with the Lord. Um, and to, you know, if I, if friendships don't flourish because I'm too Christian-y, yeah. then, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, and that I'm saying that very like cavalierly, but like, it's, it's really painful when you feel like, oh man, this person doesn't want to be friends with me because I love Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, but also for anyone who's going to walk into a promise um, I would say write down what God said. Yes. Like write down what God said to you, right? Um, and we should do an episode on how to hear from the Lord. Yeah. And how we hear from the Lord. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I taught a room full of sixth graders how to hear from the Lord. It's very, and when you learn, it's it it comes responsibility. Yes. So if you don't want to know how to learn, learn, hear from the Lord, 
Press skip. Yep, yep. I told him, Press I skip. can teach you how to hear, but you will be accountable for what you hear. Yes. So it, ignorance is better than the knowledge in some ways. You may, yeah. you want to hear from God. The first thing I heard from God, because it took me six months because I really did not want to hear anything. The mm-hmm. God that taught me how to hear from God said, hey, I can teach you. But if you hear, God's only going to speak if you're willing to be faithful over what he says. Otherwise, why is he talking? Yeah. It took me six months to be honest about whether I could do that. And the first thing I heard was, break up with the girl that you thought you were going to marry. First thing. And I was like, dang. I don't know if, you know, God don't really speak. That's the enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but, and I say write it down. Like, I don't, not, and again, this is not just a principle. I think that, um. There are universal principles, right? And because of what I believe, I believe that universal principles um, derive from biblical principles. Um, and, you know, we're not going to argue about where they come from. All I know is this is something that helps and works with anybody, no matter what your belief system is. Mm-hmm. Write down what you know you are called to do. Like, write it down because, like, our brains are fickle and need to be reminded and we are easily distracted by pain. Yeah. Right. We are easily distracted by pain. That doesn't mean that when pain comes, we ignore it. Like the best thing you can do is feel it so that it can be felt and it no longer has any, um, you know, reason to continue to, to come back and haunt you. Um, feel it to make space for that you know part of why I'm not working full time here in Charlotte is because I was like, I just want, I need, need time to be feel sad. I need time to lay in bed and cry. Yeah. I need time to, to recuperate from, from sadness, from hope, from loss, from confusion, from all of that. And glory um, to God that, you know, that he's gracing us for you to be able to do that. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, because that truly is a privilege. Um, but write down what God said because you will forget. Um, and and remembering, like, oh no, God said I was going to open this business. God said it was going to be successful. That gives you different perspective when you need to take a risk, yeah. right? When you need to go pitch something when you need to go talk to somebody when you need to go ask for a favor like the the yes and no is not in someone else's hands it's in the hands of someone who created all of us yeah um and that perspective can only be had when we continue to remind ourselves um of the promise he's given to us because no word spoken returns to him void um yeah yeah and and i would say if i were going to offer my piece of advice quickly um i would say just don't lie to yourself mm-hmm. about where you are. Um, I think it's very easy in our culture, especially with Instagram and, and social media Instagram. and all that stuff, to pretend that you are somewhere you're not. And then everyone says, oh, don't pretend to be somewhere you're not. But the people saying that are literally pretending to be somewhere you're not. Yeah. And you're rewarded at every turn for pretending to be something you're not. Yeah. So why wouldn't you pretend to be something you're not? It's yeah. working for almost everybody. Until you get to the promise and you don't have the skills to exactly. handle the environment that the promise has put you in. Yeah. Because all the skills that you need to navigate the promise were in the desert. Yeah. And, and that's why right now it's like, I would be honest about whether or not you have been faithful over the little things. Mm. And if you're faithful over little things, God will make you rule over much. But if you're not faithful over little things, that's a great first thing to start. Whether you're a Christian or not, whatever the little things are in your life, commit yourself to being faithful there first and faithful to those things. And just be humble enough to recognize, like, I had to. Like, you know what? I may look like I've got some things together, but I'm not doing basic elementary 
thinks. I've skipped past elementary school and I'm acting like I'm grown. But the truth is, I don't have the foundation I need to have. So before I walk headfirst into this magnanimous promise, let me make sure Mm -hmm. I'm at least doing the little things. Yeah. Yeah. And that that was a big part of me learning how to how to deal with imposter syndrome. You know, because the human circle in Wilmington, it, it, you know, it accelerated very quickly. But the Lord had to remind me like you went through this and this and this. This is nothing. You know what you're experiencing right now. This is nothing. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. Babe, do you have anything else to say? Um, don't say something crazy, please. Y'all, uh, y'all check out this Oasis retreat. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's the single <laughs> greatest retreat in the history of mankind. Um, but get you a husband that hypes you up, y'all. Yeah, man. That I hypes you up. Yes. Yeah, so, um, thank you guys for taking time to listen and just have this conversation with us. Um, my goal is for people of faith. Um, one for all people, but specifically people of faith to get a greater understanding of the Lord, a greater understanding of mental health and how God loves um, and ordains people to minister in that way. And also a greater understanding of how important relationships of all kinds are to our walk and existence here on this earth. Again, the Healing Circle is now in Charlotte. Yes. (coughs) Okay. Do us a favor. Rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast because it makes it so much easier for people to find us and join the conversation. Also, don't forget to check out the show notes for every episode so you can find out how to stay connected to us, like joining our Facebook community, and to check out what free resources we have for you guys. Share this podcast with a friend, a family member, or even a coworker. Until the circle comes back around, we'll see you guys later.